This is the cold open, Dan. Oh, this is the cold open. Adam's already mad that that last part lasted longer than a minute. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, 100%. He's sitting there steaming. He knows somewhere that we are going beyond our He just texted me. Well, that's the warm-up. Warm-ups are allowed to go beyond time. Cold open is... It just means Dan has to just fucking means Dan cut, has to cut yeah. stuff out. All right, how long... The Speaking of, how long should an average NPC monologue for? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many variables. I, okay, I think... I, I kind of want to roll for this one because we're going to have some strong fucking opinions. Oh, God. Wow. I could tell by your strong language. That was a natural 20 I rolled there. I knocked it into a 16, though. And then I rolled a 16 to max, so we got to re-roll here, Terry. I hate it when this happens. This is what Dan does. You Dan and I do it all the time. Change both of our numbers. So aggressive. One, two, three, go. You're a dingus. Go ahead. Re-roll it. Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. You... Hit my dice into a natural one, I popped rolled, it out, and then crit. So, I Terry. Like four natural 20s last Go time. ahead. I don't think an NPC should monologue for any longer than about get, a minute. Okay. I thought you were pausing there for a minute. I was about to get mad. Because um, it's it's almost, uh, it strikes me as a little bit arrogant. Okay. It's like, get on with it. All right. We've got stuff to do. I think you can set a scene for longer. But for a monologue, just to go, just to go off, it's like, look, man, get on with it. But you also, I know it's a fantasy game, but also be realistic. You can't just stand there talking at me for a minute. Have you ever seen a James Bond movie? See, I would disagree. Okay. Only because it depends on the level of, I don't know, ire you have towards it. Like, the level of hatred the party has toward whatever this big bad evil guy or NPC that is monologuing yeah. is, that gives the time frame. If it is somebody just met, that guy's talking for no longer than 30 seconds, if that, maybe five seconds right. before someone's shooting an arrow into him. If it is the big bad evil guy that you've been fighting from level one to level 20, you're going to let that guy speak for five minutes. I would say, like, I would agree with that. It, it depends on the degree and verity of your interaction with this character. If it's somebody you don't know who's monologuing for five minutes, you're going to want to stab them in the face. But to your point, if you're at the end game and you've come into, like, your big bad boss person... You're going to let them monologue because you're interested in finishing the story. But you're also interested like, if I don't it's like... like monologues. I feel like it's taking away my agency. I'm like, yeah, 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 shut up. I've already decided I would like to now shoot this person. I don't want to hear another four minutes. But as as a player, I sit there and I'm like, no, 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 keep talking because I'm going to make notes about the little things you're not saying and the little things you're saying. And I'm going to come up to a theory to what your massive end game is because of that, mm. right? Like right. if you're level 18 and the evil lich is sitting there, you know... Not telling you what his plan is ultimately going to involve, but is telling you just how he succeeded and what him succeeding means for this moment. Mm. You can kind of extrapolate what his end goal is going to be if you just let him talk long enough. And it stops being so much about him lording over you and being imposing over you and more about him being um, arrogant to the point of letting too much information slip. Mm. How much did you want to arrow him in the face for this monologue that he just like, went off? You were off close on? to the end of your minute. There, <laughs> but to your point, I understand, and I'll do it in five seconds. The loudest person in the room is often the weakest person in the room. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Yeah. There we go. All right. Which is why often I'm not talking in the podcast. <laughs> That's, <where often laughs> is. That's why Adam talks the most. <clears throat> He's a monologuer, though. So. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast with your DMs, Megan, Dan, and Terry. And welcome to another wrong, episode of Can wrong, You... Wrong, Why? Wrong. Wow. Started with, wow. Started with an and? Why not? Because you got to follow the script. I wow. We gave David I... shit for this. 
Can't. And now that Adam's not here, we have to be perfect. I am on he will oh, know. a tight schedule. <laughs> Please get it right. Maybe I'll monologue for another 10 minutes. How about that? that wasn't, I actually, Do you want me to monologue how stupid that was? Because yeah. I will. <laughs> wow. I didn't think that was wrong. I just wanted to hurt you. You just want to hurt Yeah, like, I can accept that. I like how but I Dad, asked, I'm surprised. I, I like how I asked Megan earlier this week to be like, hey, can you, can you DM? this and she's like oh yeah it'll be fun it'll be great and we're not even like a good 10 minutes in and we've already shit on you like twice so fuck you guys (laughs) welcome to an episode now i can't even do it (laughs) fuck you guys (laughs) welcome to another episode of the oh you son of a fucking bitch (laughs) (laughs) okay last one last one last one last one that's it. I'm going home. You can do this yourselves. <laughs> Are you done? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Are you I'm sure? I'm, yes. All right. Sitting still? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she just got like mom energy on us and I'm kind of scared. <laughs> oh, Lord. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I'm DM Megan. Again, I have definitely earned that honorary title. And with me are DM Terry and DM Dan. And today we are talking about the Brass Dragons. Brass Dragons, not Bronze Dragons or Copper Dragons or any of the others that get mixed up. I forget Copper Dragons exist, to be honest. Honestly, I always get Brass and Bronze confused. Well, they're basically the same, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) No? (laughs) No, There's someone out there screaming at us already. It's true. Um, so what I'll do is I'll start, I'll take us through a little bit about the Brass Dragon itself, kind of what it's about, um, get into a couple of the details going from Wormling all the way up to our ancient Brass Dragon, and then of course we'll get into a couple of nice, awesome disputes between the, the three of us to kind of figure out where we sit with Brass Dragons. Yeah, so this will be a pretty general, generic dragon episode then, but a, it's our first metallic dragon. It is our first. Is it the first finally? one? Yeah, I do. I get to do the first one. You oh, get to well. do the first. The first. That's, well, shit. That's despite why. Despite me taking a hiatus, despite how many times I requested to DM the Brass Dragon episode, Megan, here you are in my seat. <laughs> you requested to DM the Brass Dragon episode. No, right, confession. I never actually requested. He's that. just trying to be. A dick. I thought you said bronze. I don't think I requested. Don't any you want to do them. copper? I forget about copper. I, I'm, I'm jazzed for copper. Copper's my one of my favorite metallic dragons. I don't mind bronze, actually. I don't think I like any of them. I'm just waiting for you to do the silver dragons. I hate silver dragons. That's why I'm looking forward to you doing them. I'm not doing it. But they're so noble and so... <laughs> yeah, well, you would like them, paladin. That's true. I'm very paladin-esque in life and in personality. Anyways. I... Hush. <laughs> All right, guys. So brass dragons, um, they're technically the weakest of the metallic dragons. Um, and also one of the most uh, benign of the species of the dragon. They kind of love to talk. That's their main aspect. Um, to the exclusion of uh, pretty much anything else. Talking is their their jam. They like to speak to anyone and anything that will give it the time of day. Um, and even if they don't give it the time of the day, they'll talk to it. They'll me. force it. That's so, the best part. So what we're, telling, what we're saying is that bronze dragons are the podcasters of dragons. Brass dragons, yes. Yes. If brass, they could have fuck, a, God damn it. This is going to be all episode. I'm going to do that. They're called brass dragons. Did you know? Brass dragons. <laughs> brass. 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 Very dense. <laughs> could not be further from bronze. <laughs> Their breath attacks are different and everything. Yeah. Completely different metal. <laughs> they both put people to... No, wait. They don't put both people to sleep. Oh, Megan? 
All right. So, of course, this just means that it's not uncommon for brass dragons to be fluent in several hundred different languages. Although they obviously speak and prefer draconic, um, they can basically learn languages. I think it's within an hour of hearing a language, they can learn it. They're polygots. Yeah. So mm. they're very, very smart and they just know stuff, which is really cool. Um, if we're looking at the dragons physically, uh, the brass dragon has highly, it's very kind of not very distinctive, I find, except for the fact that its wings do that tapered thing where they're like really long shoulders and they kind of taper in all the way down to the tail. So like a like, Victoria's Secret model? Like a very full set of wings, shall we say? I freaking love it. Yeah? I love the look. Yeah, I do like the look as well, actually. Yeah. They're like very large gliders. I think they're my favorite looking metallic dragon. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think I like copper better. Hmm. Allow me to flip the page. <laughs> oh, no, actually, bronze. I like the green and the bronze. Yeah, we're doing brass dragons, though, Terry. Yeah, I know, but I flipped the page. I understood what I was talking about, whereas you did not. So. <laughs> copper looks good as well. Back to brass. Absolutely. Um, so one of the main things about um, meeting a brass dragon is if you meet it when it's young, it will be more brownish in color. Um, and they do tend to, as they age, get shinier and shinier. Um, the shape of the head was actually quite unusual as um, it's got like a curved plate to it um, that kind of extends the dragon's eyes and its cheeks um, on either side. And it's curved upward into two points. So it's got like a very distinctive face shape. Um, and they've got two sharp horns on the chin. So instead of being like on the tops or on the sides like other dragons, they're actually on the chin itself. And they actually get pointier and pointier as they age. Kind of like a nice little beard. Hmm. Did anybody notice that I shaved? I did notice that you shaved. I like how you like shoved your chin out as I was talking. I'll never shave again. I'll never shave again. Because as soon as I shaved it, I was like, wow, my face is fatter than I thought it was for sure. (laughs) That's why I have a beard. So, yeah. Are you being self-conscious about it now? I am now, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you did that to yourself. I'm sorry. Um, brass dragons were very rarely engaged in combat. Um, they are definitely more of the talker rather than the fighter. Um, if they considered a creature that's threatening, um, they would actually subdue it with sleeping gas. So that's one of their breath kind of attacks that they have, um, to make them fall asleep and then trap them so that when they wake up, they have to listen to them talk for hours. They're the gnome bard of yeah, dragons. That's awful. Right? <laughs> I freaking love it. They're the gnome. They're they the would, gnome put, they would put me into a rage. Yeah? Mm. Well, you just talked about how you don't like monologues and things. Yeah. This would be uh, monologue one-on-one. I couldn't handle it. Nope. Could you, would you be able to DM a game where you actually had to NPC and DM a brass dragon? Oh, I like listening to myself talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Everybody had to listen to me. That would be all right. But as soon as someone starts talking about something that I'm not interested in. Ugh. Oh, Lord. Um, as for their layers, brass dragons tend to, um, habitat like deserts, um, sandy areas, and sometimes actually have similar habitats to blue dragons, which we did an episode before, I believe, on blue dragons. Yep, it's been done. Um, in fact, blue dragons tend to be their largest nemesis as a result of that. Well, they're both talkative dragons. Like a blue dragon will sit there and talk your ear off as well, but they'll be menacing and manipulative with it. Whereas the brass dragon... What do just they talk about? Chummy. Are they curious? Is it knowledge they're trying to get? Or are they just trying to be your friend? Or are they... I, I think... I, honestly, I think the Brass Dragon just wants to talk. Like, just wants to... Like, they are the... Like, they're, curious? They're, I think they're, they're like the sharing 60, knowledge. They're the 65-year-old church grand who sits on the porch with her cup of tea and her wide-brimmed hat with, like, four other church grands. And they just talk about everything for hours on end. Like, that is who... They, like, they're gossips. The way I see brass dragons is they sit there and they're like, they're like this. did you did you hear about that one bard from the other country over? 
Yeah, did you maybe. did you hear who he was caught with? Let me talk to you about it. Oh my it. goodness. And you're gonna love it. <laughs> right? And you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> and you did not hear it from me. Everybody knows everything comes from you. <laughs> There's gonna didn't be that one and, and this is actually something I'm going to bring up later. There's gonna be that one NPC in town that everyone knows is a brass dragon, but he thinks he's just being so sly by walking around town in his little humanoid form. Because, I mean, metallic dragons get the ability to change shape. Mm. It's true. Um, He's going to be that one guy walking around town just, like, stopping everyone who will look him in the eyes Every Every shop is in for, like, an hour before yeah. moving to the next one. Right? Like that. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Here, here he comes. Here he comes again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Megan. I love your story. It's great. Um, So kind of back to their layers. They do tend to dig them into, like, the desert peak or a spire. Um, and they actually prefer it to be facing the sunrise so that it warms their cave when the sun comes up. Oh. Isn't that nice? It's nice. Don't they also breathe fire, though? Yes, absolutely. So. I mean, it's not that hard to get a warm. redundant, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> fire melts the goods. And I'm like, so I'm just going to keep building off things. Metallic Go dragons have a, uh, the way they build their hordes is different to a chromatic dragon. Megan might be about to tell us this. It's Are you true. about to tell us? This? It's in there. Okay. It's, a, it's in ahead. my speech. It's in my monologue, shall I say? Okay. Continue. Like a player, <laughs> I'm interrupting the DM. Go ahead. So, um, basically, they actually have like very large layers, and the centerpiece of their layer tends to be the grand hall of conversation. So they like having a room dedicated to communication and conversation, which I absolutely love. This is awful for me. I hate. I hate small talk and mingling. Like yeah. I hate. Oh, I hate it. I hate. <laughs> networking, air quotes, I hate all that stuff. <laughs> Going to a game and talking to the person next to you, like disposable friends, you know, on yeah. airplanes and stuff. Hate all that. I feel thing. like the part that I like about that, though, is if you were as a PC to walk into a lair and start talking to one of these dragons, they would probably know who you are. Yeah. Just if, if you've done something. They want your autograph or brass dragon. Like, oh, my autograph. God. I can't oh my believe God. it's you. Holy shit. Are like- you <laughs> Titus? Yeah. Yes, I am. I bet it is. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I also love the idea that your party is, you know, getting all equipped to, you know, go raid the dragon lair. They walk in and it's a large mahogany table with nice, comfortable chairs. And you just see this one dude, his feet up on the table going, oh, you're finally here. Come sit. I have hors d'oeuvres coming. We could have yeah. a good time. It'll come be good. Come in. It's going to be, be good. Hey, uh, you look a little weary. Sit. We'll get some coffee brewing. It'll be good. How's your mother? I did some research lately and it was really, really good to see how a human's mother really influences her life. I already just, hate Yeah, dragons. right? I, I yeah, I can guy. feel it. I can feel the energy from you that yeah. you just hate it. I would make that sound Mostly well. because Dan's able to monologue about this oh, a lot more. You'd be more. such a good brass dragon, Dan. Oh, I, 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 I feel like this is your spirit animal. My next like, campaign oh. is going to have like uh, <clears throat> at least an ancient that is just involved with everything. Mm. I love it. I love it too, but I hate <laughs> it. Um, other than that, uh, get into like its hoard and its collectibles. So they do, as to your point, Dan, collect things a little bit differently. One the, for two reasons. One, they like collecting things that are sentient so that they can talk to them. Brass dragons specifically like that. Yes. So they will collect like um, sentient oh, weapons, sentient objects. They'll keep things like genies and things that like are sentient and able to talk to, so they can constantly have people to communicate with. This is like misery. Yeah. Is what for I feel you, like. this is misery. Yeah. But it would be misery for those items. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. being like like a sentient sword being like, I fucking hate my life. Yeah. Somebody come get me out of this fucking horde. I hate it here. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Like, oh my God. The only problem is a lot of sentient items are straight up evil. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they need to be though. Like if you got your hands on like a black razor or... Keith was not. 
Uh, oh, Keith. He's a good guy. Yeah, How is he? He's doing well. He's a <laughs> curse slice. He's, he's uh, curse slicing his way through. I get the updates every now and again from Adam. <laughs> yeah. Last night he was like, by the way, your um, wife is alive. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the update. Technically, so is Titus. Technically. Yeah, he said that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. Um, the other pieces that they don't tend to actually hold on to shiny objects. They're not, they don't like their gold. They don't like their crowns. They don't like anything. Really? They'll actually donate those objects to other people in other places. The items they actually keep in their hoard are mundane stuff like um, wooden objects. So like nice ornate chairs, nice tables. They like, uh. basically they like carpentry is how I imagine it. Yeah. So like they like collect nice archways and just oh things God, that look is really death. nice. Yeah, yeah I love <laughs> death. I love death is such so a much. breast. The dragon. more that I read this and the more I think about my notes, I'm like, this is this is Dan. Yeah, this is Dan as a dragon. Yeah, I I, I would suspect that he's just got uh, bookshelves everywhere, and oh, yes. it's and it's it, they're not like ancient tomes of you know long forgotten wisdom. They're like the wind in the willows. They're fitness magazines. <laughs> Fitness magazine they're, from 1992. From like 1992, yeah. right? They're 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 just this eclectic mix of just random stuff that he's picked like up, like a doctor's waiting room. Yeah, right. Like there's Reader's Digest from you know a century ago that no one really can read it or gets the jokes and you know like George Clooney from medicine. ER is like on the front yeah. like for the upcoming right? episode. This this article about this new up and coming actor Cary Grant, mm-hmm. like it just. Oh, Lord. Like, just, just, they're collectors as well. I love that. Like, they've got miniatures. And they would have the collector's item of everything. Oh, 100%. And, like, in multiples if they can find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That Brass dragons are comic book collectors. Mm. Oh, yes. But right? in, like, history notebook. Like. No, I said, I think, like, legitimate, like, they, they'll collect religious pamphlets. Mm. And, or, or, or stuff like that. And just be like, oh, there was this one really interesting cult that sprung up about ah, 400 years ago. Here's a pamphlet for it. It's dead now. So, it's, I mean, it's not really that important. They found out it was a whole hoax. And, you know, they just end up drinking a bunch of Kool-Aid and dying. It was an awesome little thing. Yeah. But you should really flip through it because it's kind of aligned with what you guys are doing in your mission right now. It might help you out. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're also, like, very overly protective of those items and artifacts. So, like, they do keep things separate, too. So, if they collect paintings, they have a gallery. Yeah. If they have like so like they would separate the things they would have like a gallery of all their art then yeah. they would have a room just that's all of their tables and chairs inside a glass box yeah they would just keep everything nice and organized you walk in into the conversation hall and it's just a little box full of white linen gloves mm. yes it's just like put the gloves on before you shoes off gloves on thank yeah. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's booties if your shoes are too hard to come off you could just slip those little yeah. cloth booties and over only, please don't mess only up the, the dragon hardware. turns the pages yeah on the book. <laughs> Or just a light breeze. Just, just don't even touch the books. I love just, it. I love, I love it. it. It's great. What, what's that? What happens? On, is it you that show you where they're in like a chilled room? The books because it stops them from yeah. aging yeah. or something. Yeah, keeps the the proper temperature and humidity so yes. that the books maintain their composure. Doesn't sound like a serial killer at all. So, nope. so a brass dragon is also an expert in HVAC. Absolutely. Okay. In this day and age, that's the version of yeah. <laughs> So I this guy really is think me. About it. They this live guy really is me. Underground in a desert. So I'm sure the humidity is accurate and it's dry. So, right? Like, does that not make sense? See, the only ways that I'm hearing that I diverge from a brass dragon right now is they enjoy the sun. I hate that thing. It's out to kill me. And uh, they are fastidiously clean. Right. I'm not that. Hmm. hmm. Good to know, Dan. 
But in other ways that they relate to you, it's in their parenting style as well. Yes. Um, they tend to find a mate for life and make babies. That's basically... And they chill out together, chat all the time, because they... they the thing about their eggs, because I know Adam would appreciate that we talk about their the, dragon the eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started to appreciate the eggs as well. Though. Yeah, so the way they work is that they'll find their mate for life, they have their eggs, and the eggs are not allowed to be left alone. So even if one of them leaves, they always have to have one parent there. Like, the eggs are never left to their own devices. They're helicopter parents. Yes, they're helicopter parents. Is that what that is? That's what that's called, yeah. yeah and then I all, am one of those, yeah. unfortunately. This is, what I said. this is exactly like Dan right now still. And then what they do is they basically just sit on top of the eggs together and chat to each other while they're incubating their eggs. This sounds weirdly perverted. I don't think I like this. <laughs> it's wholesome. It's not perverted. It's wholesome. Not about this life. Oh, I love it. I'm the dad that's getting kicked out of <clears throat> Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the green dragon of dads. <laughs> yeah, they take me anyway. Oh my god. I love it. Um, but if we want to talk a little bit about their layers to dig into that a little bit more, um, so... Because they're like onions, right? Yes. Of course. No, they aren't. These guys have one layer. <laughs> <laughs> um, more ways they're like Dan. Oh. But just to like flesh out their layer and their regional effects, of course, with their layers, they have strong winds, um, that blows around the dragon. So that each creature within 60 feet of the dragon must succeed on a DC 15 saving strength, saving throw, or be pushed 15 feet. So um, that also helps with the movement of gases and vapors and things like that within their area. Is um, this a layer action or is that just This standard? is an actual layer action. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then the other layer action they have is a cloud of sand swirls about in a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point the dragon can see within 120 feet. Uh, the cloud spreads around corners, um, and each creature must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw or be blinded for one minute. So that's kind of, the, kind of like the actions they have in, you know, contingency mm. with being in a desert, right? Yeah. They can kick up their sand, they can move things around with wind, so on and so forth. Right. So that's kind of what they utilize their layer for. Um, regional effects for them for people coming up to a dragon's layer for these types is that, you know, you'll find the tracks appearing in sand uh, within six miles. Um, and then the tracks lead to safe shelters and hidden water sources that they would know about, uh, while also leading to areas, um, that the dragon prefers to remain undisturbed. So you would probably follow their tracks in a couple of different areas. If you were to be tracking them, you'd mm -hmm. probably end up in a couple of different places before you end up in their layer is kind of how I imagine it. I would almost see these tracks as being, uh, like humanoid yeah. or something. They're just like the party is, you know, they're dry, they're, they're really starting to get dehydrated they need that source of water and then suddenly someone sees tracks of like a camel yeah or something oh let's follow those oh a watering hole fantastic <clears throat> what they don't know is that if they took a right instead of a left they'd hit the ancient tomb that has all of these old uh carvings and uh hieroglyphs that the brass dragon has been preserving for the ages yeah, yeah. absolutely um, as you kind of like approach and get closer to a layer, you'll start to see large or smaller monsters, like images though, um, not necessarily the real thing. Uh, these illusions move and appear real, although they can do basically no harm. <laughs> basically. <laughs> a creature that examines an image from a distance can tell it's uh, an illusion from a successful DC intelligence 20. So it's a very high intelligence check if you're not running with a smart party. It is just, they're just there to be deterrents to stop people from going in. Yeah. So, like, um, in my imagine, I, my, I imagine because brass dragons tend to make friends with, again, like, um, genies or sphinxes or other um, giants of the desert, right? Mm -hmm. um, they would probably have that up to be, as a deterrent. So, yeah. if you see 
a swarm of a random sphinxes, you might be on your way to yeah, a dragon slayer. No one's slayer. ever seen one ever, and now there's six. Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> also, whenever a creature within an intelligence of three or higher comes within 30 feet of a water source within one mile of the dragon's lair, the dragon becomes aware of the creature's presence and location. So that kind of bleeds into the brass dragon's like intelligence and detection yep. capabilities. It's almost like, oh, somebody I can talk to. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel their yeah. intelligent energy. I, I, I love the fact that it's a creature with an intelligence of more than three. Yeah. Just so they're just like, oh, conversation. Yeah. People. Like, they're too. extroverts. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing that I kind of, um, like, I think this happens with most metallic dragons, but if they die, they don't really have an area effect like the other. I, don't, I like the area effect. They don't really have anything. Theirs is their tracks fade, and that's it. Like, there mm. is no real effect to them dying in their area. It's just they're gone. I'm, I'm, I might homebrew on, like, their tomb collapses underground. Or yeah. It's just preserved there. For yeah, for sure. No, I do the same. Um, I, Hidden libraries all over yeah. the landscape because they collapse in themselves, right? Yep. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd put something a little bit more than, you know, the tracks in the sands, which are already hard to maintain, mm-hmm. disappear. Yeah. Right? Like, tracks and Oh, sand maybe the tomb is actually revealed. Maybe the hidden libraries and things are revealed. When the, I, when oh, the yeah. yeah. I also just watched Aladdin yesterday, so I'm also thinking... The live-action like, one? The live-action one, yeah. Man, Jasmine got me again with that. In 1992, she got me. In 2019, she got me as there well. There you go. Jafar in the live-action was not good. No, no, no. no. They're, they're, in fact, the live-action ones, including the Lion King in this, they're not killing it with the bad guys, to be honest. Not villainous enough. They're not no. villainous enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's kind of the basics of a, a brass dragon, kind of talking about its environment, its personality, and kind of its quirks. Um, what we can do is take a minute to go through its wormling phases and kind of talk about its stats, um, and then go all the way up to ancient, and then we'll start rolling on some, some good conversation. Cool. Sure. So brass dragon wormlings, um, so these are going to be your little guys, your little hatchlings. Um, they have smaller hit points and they have an armor class of only 16. I think that's one of the lowest armor classes for Wormling. It really is, They're yeah. generally much weaker in, in yeah. all around, but, um, I like it though. And I'll get to that later. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so <laughs> their highest stat is still strength at, um, a 15 with plus two. And then next is their constitution, obviously, and charisma. They are dragons. They're talkative. Yeah. Um, they're strong. They've got skin, right? Um, but then everything else, like dex, um, intelligence, and wisdom tend to be like your neutral, right? Mm-hmm. With their wisdom being a little bit higher. The one difference that they have above a lot of other dragons, not all of them, of course, but a lot of them, is they have that burrow speed. Yes. And I was going to talk about that as we get to our increases here. Because I love that because their speed basically stops increasing at um, young brass and start, stops at 40. But then what continues to increase is their burrow speed. Yeah. So they basically are like, my walking speed, this is as fast as I'm going to go. Sorry about it, fam. But if they dive under the mm-hmm. under the sand as they get older, the faster they get. Yeah. Because it's kind of like their environment, their thing, right? Which I think is really cool. Um, but uh, as for them, their saving throws, of course, are dex, con, whiz, and charisma. Skills lie within perception and stealth. Perception really fits into that... Um, Regional effect where they can detect you yeah. when you are really close to them, right? Um, they do have an immunity to fire because that does bleed into their um, breath attack. Um, senses, they have blind sight of 10 feet, dark vision of 60 feet, and a passive perception of 14. Again, really bleeding into the fact that they can see you coming from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it does only list Draconic as a language, but as we kind of stated, that most dragons will learn a language within an hour. So if yeah. you're a DM and building this into your world... 
you would almost consider what languages are native to that land. And yeah. a wormling might have that at a young age, I think. I think it says in the text <clears throat> that even the wormlings will learn the languages in as fast as an hour. I think I would use that as almost like a, a clue as to who's been around the dragon before. Like if it starts speaking Dwarvish and Elvish, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, well, it's just kind of a clue of what's been going on in their life. Um, I would kind oh, of that's play really that interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially as a wormling, like you walk up to a wormling and it just starts speaking to you in the two languages it's know it knows draconic because of course and I don't know gith yeah and you're yeah. like when yeah. were you talking to gith because they're not but they're not yeah, exactly right but right? if you were hunting gith for whatever reason because they're not that intelligent at that point they're really not so if you're even if you're talking to the parent we're trying to track this like gith for example gith Yankee and then they start speaking gith ha. He's been here because your idiot dragon kid just said it like a parrot. Well, but I also think that because if you think about their parental tactiles, their parents stay with them. So they would probably learn languages from their parents as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, So right, they might yeah. not even need to meet and interact with something to to learn that language. They just learn it from their parents like, and from their library. I would say like they're, they're the guys who sit down with a book and just figure it out. Yeah. Right? Like they, they're just, they're going to sit down They're Like they might not understand the language, but... It, it's like that. What's that uh, movie with Antonio Banderas where he's with the Vikings? Oh, he's got wet hair. Uh, yeah, like the entire movie. It's leaving uh, conditioner. Um, <laughs> uh, the Thirteenth Warrior, I want to say. Thirteenth Warrior, where he learns a language overnight. Yeah. Where he yeah, learns absolutely. their language overnight, like over the campfire. That's what a brass dragon does. Is just like sitting down. Oh, they're talking about my mother. Okay. Yeah. How quaint. That's yeah. all. Yes, she is kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. Right, and because they're brass, they're just like, yeah, no, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Like the concept of like. If you walk into a dragon's lair with a wormling that doesn't know your language, or even a dragon that does, and you're trying to communicate, but you can tell that it's not going to hurt you, so you're kind of talking amongst your team, being like, what do we do? Like, how can we, like, trying to figure it out, like, an hour passes, and all of a sudden the dragon's like, guys, like, I can understand what you're saying now, so... Like, <laughs> oh, like you just keep talking about it, then it just goes, ugh. Like, when you say something... <laughs> Rolls its <laughs> eyes randomly. <laughs> um, I just did a quick check. Brass dragons are actually, of the metallic dragons, they're the least intelligent. Of all of them. Hmm. Stat-wise, yeah. Stat-wise, they are. Well, that yeah. I actually prefer that because that means that they're curious because they're actually trying to learn or they're, they're not as intelligent as you, but they recognize that as well because yeah. they're not arrogant. No, yeah. not it's at not all. not like the greens and the blues and the reds. But, yeah. like, even the ancient is listed as only having common and draconic. I wouldn't have that. An ancient blue, an ancient brass dragon has been around for no, I eons. Think, I think They speak it. everything. It knows it's shit. Yeah. 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 Like... He, he wants to know what dialect of primordial you speak. Well, exactly. It's going to know certainly all of the basics. Elvish, Dwarvish, Gnomish, all that sort of stuff. I feel like it's one that would like to practice its accent, too. So it knows oh. the language, but it'll run into someone who has the proper accent and be like, keep talking, I need to learn the accent, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. I just yeah. feel like that's what he would do. No, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, are you Métis French? Are you Quebecois French? Are you France French? Yeah. Like which one? Which, yeah. which is, one is it? Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Give me that dialect. Um, as for actions at a young age, of course they have their bite capabilities, um, which is kind of normal for any dragon. They do have breath weapon attacks with only five to six charges. I always found it weird that that doesn't really their charges don't really increase. No, that's until, what you roll. Yeah. To to, uh, to with activate how, it again yeah. with how powerful their breath weapons are i'm okay with it Yeah, you're like i'm fine i'm good it's good good. and especially since they get their choice of two eventually well the thing is they have two to start as a wormling which also is very rare i find in dragons um one being their fire breath which they get right away which is very very deadly to start with so if you were to come across a brass wormling and you 
scare it, it will probably kill you, even though it's just a little wormling. So yeah. be careful. Don't piss off a brass wormling. No. Um, so basically what that is is the dragon exhales um, fire in a 20-foot line that is five feet wide. Each creature in that line must make a DC 11 dexterity saving throw, um, taking 14 um, or 4d6 fire damage on a failed save or half damage on a successful one. I love the idea of the fire line over the cone Yeah. as well because that's different. It kind of... For like a Warhammer reference, you know the flamethrower with the cone compared to like a, the melter gun or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, like your fireball AOE. Like yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. I mean, current edition has done away with all the templates. So has it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's There's no such thing as cones it. or lines or anything. Oh, those that's for another, that's for another podcast, guys. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. You're just saying words right now. <laughs> Um, the other one is their sleep breath. So this is, of course, that one that will put you to sleep so that you have to listen to it talk forever. Um, so basically, they exhale sleep gas in a 15-foot cone. Each creature in that area must succeed on a DC 11 constitution saving throw or fall unconscious. So this is a saving throw. Yeah, yep. this is different. This is not the like the sleep spell. And yeah. I love this, though. I prefer this. If That's what I say. I this... like the idea of it being a save versus a... I think the sleep spell should be a save. I think it would get used more if it was. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, it it also breaks the, the trend of all the other spells, because every other thing like that is a save or suck, yeah. right? Sleep is the one that isn't. Yeah. Which I both like and dislike about it. Yeah. I also like that this is this is different in a way where like brass like brass dragons are chaotic good. Mm-hmm. They're gonna put you to sleep and they're either gonna run away, they're not gonna kill you, they're either gonna run away, or they're just going to crouch down next to you and wait till you wake up and see what you say while you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason that they did it the hit point style is so that it's not overpowered in that because um, it's a con save, right? Yeah. So like when you get to fight your, your lich at the end, you don't just put him to sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's true. I would love to see, just for the mental image, them change the sleep to the traditional sleep spell method. Mm. Just because you, as a DM, turn to all your players and go, okay, so I'm just going to grab a hand, several handfuls yeah. of dice Everybody give me and roll dice. them. And then I start counting. Yeah. And They'll I'm not telling damaged. you exactly yeah. what's going on, oh. but the, the anxiety <laughs> of the table will go through the roof because... Someone's getting mad. Someone's yeah. crying. Someone's flipped a table. Someone's like throwing their chair across the room. <laughs> just fucking bullshit. Because even as a wormling, CR1, like you're fighting this as a level one party. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you just grab 4d6 and say... All right, well, 24 hit points. All right. Mm-hmm. But to remind you, like, and that's a good... T- since this is the first Metallic Dragon podcast, I think it's good to note that most Metallic Dragons... In fact, all of the Metallic Dragons are technically on the good side of the scale. Mm. I don't lean into that too much. Technically. And so I say technically. I always say good according to who. Because like, you're still their food. Yeah, and they are still selfish. They are still all of these things that make them do things of other things. But technically, they are, in comparison to their chromatic brethren, they are more... Yeah. On that good scale side. That's right. They're not. They like have no malicious. interest in killing you until you attack them, right? Well, so. I would argue that they would still eat. Well, you. that's why. I mean, well, if you think about trying to make them into a big, big bad, which we'll talk about later, I think that you know there's ways. Um. So when it, as it grows up, it goes into a young brass dragon. There's not a whole heck of a lot added, except for um, they added a claw um, attack, which also is contingent with having a multi attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they can do claw and bite um, for their physical attacks. Their breath weapons stay pretty much the same. Um, they just increase the DC and some of the the, the dice for damage. 
Their blind sight also gets pretty ridiculous. Yeah, increases to 30 feet and their dark vision is 120 feet. So yeah. they do get increases there. And again, their speed does increase to 40 and their burrow speed uh, is at 20 and their fly speed is at 80. So you do see the physical like increase in all of their stats um, from Wormling to Young Brass Dragon. Um, as they get into and grow up to be adults, um, their multi-attack uh, increases and adds in its tail. So it can actually now use its tail as kind of a bludgeoning, whipping awesomeness. Um, they end up developing frightful presence. As you think about it, the dragon itself is getting larger. So obviously it's going to start becoming more frightening to mm -hmm. a regular PC as they come into its presence. So it's a DC, DC 16 wisdom saving throw or be frightened. I, I love that even a good dragon still gets frightful presence. Oh, heck yeah. It's a monster. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to walk out to me. Hey man. And my brass, argument is, is always don't think good. Like you are good. <clears throat> you are their food. Yeah. 100%. I'm good, but I will kill a cow. Like, yeah. It's just, that's the way it is. Well, they are technically, they do eat. I'm not that They're meat eaters. They are. And yeah. it is stated in a couple of their, like, the, the writings that they do eat meat. So yeah. if you are food to it, it will eat you. But a brass dragon will also, um, and I think this is almost exclusively brass, maybe silver would do this too, work out a deal with a local farmer to yeah. provide livestock. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. if I get hungry... I gotta do what I gotta do. I'm sorry. It will usually trade away its shiny things that it doesn't want for people to bring it food, basically, yeah. is how I imagine it. I, a brass dragon is legitimately just buying its food. Buying its food, yeah. Yeah. He is, he is, he is giving into the economy of his area. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Giving yeah. back. Just hand waving Skyride for Uber Eats. <laughs> bring me a cow. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's the Uber Eats of yeah. of D and D. Um, other than that, of course, the DCs increase through both their fire weapon and their sleep um, attack. And, of course, the dice increase for damage. Um, you're all the way up at 13 D6 for fire <sighs> damage for their <sighs> laser fire attack. Laser fire. It also increases in length, I it's should mention. It's a good mention. name for a band. I know. Laser fire. Laser fire. That's a good name like for a an American. Band. No, that's a good name for an American gladiator contestant. There you go. What's your name? Laser fire. I think laser was one of the American. La oh, laser one hundred percent was one. I watched the British gladiators though; they weren't named. No, laser one hundred percent was one. There was there's two of them that had laser in their name. Oh god. Cool. Um, also, so let's continue on. I don't believe that Megan thought that was cool. No, I did not. Okay, <laughs> she who spent Valentine's Day at. I did Smackdown. go to WWE SmackDown for Valentine's right. Day. Right, SmackDown. Did you just, really? We did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would do that as well. I love That's it. That's bad. I'd be like, Paige, Paige. <laughs> no, it was good. It was a good time. Good. Yeah. Well, anyways. Um, <laughs> ancient Brass Dragons, uh, your big, big monsters. These guys here, their multi-attack um, increases. And, of course, um, DC and hitting capability um, frightful presence increases DC of 18 for wisdom to be able to not be frightened by this big guy. And then, of course, your breath attacks um, increase in DC as well as dice hits. This one jumps all the way up to 16 D6 for your fire attack. Um, and I believe it increases in length again as well. 90 feet. I got beef with frightful presence. Talk to me about I'll tell frightful you for presence. why. What? Tell us for why, Terry. The problem is, for me, and I see why they've done it, is I don't believe it should be a wisdom save, but I can't think what else it should be. Because surely it is more likely that your very knowledgeable wizard will be afraid of the dragon, and your idiot barbarian is probably going to be the one that wants to run forwards. But this would suggest it's more likely that your barbarian, your fighter, is going to be afraid and, like, 
your cleric's going to be okay. Oh, I mean, your I barbarian am... has advantage on wisdom saves to be frightened. True enough. But I okay. think at the end of the day, it also kind of ties into, are you smart enough to understand your your adversary? So, like, your stupid barbarian's like, I want to fucking fight this. Yeah! So yeah. they won't save it. So they, they're not going to save. <laughs> oh, so you're kind of flipping, flipping it, it right? Whereas, like frightened, whereas just... the wizard is just like, no, bitch, stop that. Like, this stop. thing is legitimately frightening. Stop. Like, we'll still try and kill it, but do it from over here. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So it kind of ties back into, like, even just sanity saves. And we talked about sanity and yeah. honor and that kind of stuff. Oh, it's more like, are you wise enough to understand? Understand what you're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, a wizard, they are smart enough to know what they're fighting, so they know to stand back and be like, no, I understand this is scary, so I'm not going to attack it. Or they don't understand what it is, and they see it, and they're like, I've never seen this in my textbooks. What is this? And I'm frightened of it. Yeah. Right? That's how I see it anyways. I don't know. Could go either way, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of, like, how brass dragons work. That's brass dragons. That's pretty, that's it. Cool. So shut her down. Right? So what it is, let's roll. And just thinking about everything Brass Dragon, let's maybe talk about our favorite, either favorite mechanical aspect or maybe go-to combat maneuver. And we'll sure. just roll and see what you guys want to chat we'll about. We'll roll and then you tell us what to talk about. Terry, yeah, you're, you're on fire today, you know buddy. I am, and I was, I was playing Dungeons & Dragons last night, and I was on fucking fire then. I tell you what, I oh was. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You're, you're in a good spot. Uh, that's a 19 for Terry, 16 for Megan, and a 7 for what me. Were you, what am I answering? Let's talk about your favorite mechanical aspect. My favorite mechanical aspect, and this may seem a little bit obvious, but it's the sleep breath. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because... I'll tell you for why, Dan. Thank you. Because I love the ideas of brass dragons because they're kind of non-combatant and because they don't want to fight because they're more likely to escape. I love the idea of a dragon that's just putting you to sleep to try and get away from you. Because then it's because we see dragons in, dungeon, in Dungeons and Dragons. It's like trophies, right? It's like, oh my God, we want to kill the dragon. But the dragon might kill us. What about that trophy that just keeps running away from you and you it's like inconvenient. Fuck, he did it again. You wake up and everybody wakes up. He's gone again. Now we've got to spend another three sessions trying to find him because he's run away. So I love the sleep breath for that. And I also have tactics, combat tactics, which we'll get into later when Megan asks me. Yeah. Uh, using sleep breath. <laughs> sleep breath. Sleep okay. breath? Okay, Megan, what's it's your... It's more like bad breath. It just kind of knocks you out, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. But it, you are going I, I don't imagine that their breath is going to... No, I, th- I think I think their breath smells like chamomile. Yeah, just chamomile. <laughs> yeah, they, they just... And everyone goes, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Is that, is that Bengal spice? Yeah. 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 It smells cinnamony. And just down. They lo- honestly, now I'm also picturing that these dragons love scented candles. Oh, yes. There's just yeah. like a thousand around the room. They're not just candles. They're yeah, or scented. Or if you just show up, they're horrified because they haven't cleaned up yet. Yeah. Like, I, they're not prepared. <laughs> yeah. They're not prepared. I had no idea that I was going to have visitors. Okay, guys, so uh, ten ass. minutes. <laughs> got like right. a duster on the tail and he's got like a mop in one arm. And <laughs> <laughs> An apron. Like just pushing. like standing up on its You're hind like, legs. Yeah, exactly. A paladin and the fighter stuff is like, coming, coming. Like, he says, hang on a second. <laughs> What do you mean, hang on a second? <laughs> We're here to invade the lair. Oh he says, God. hang on a second. <laughs> um, but that is kind of my favorite mechanical aspect of these guys is that they do tend to have very organized layers. Yeah. So if you're building a dungeon that is a brass dragon's lair, you are going to have like the entrance hall. So like yeah. the foyer. Yeah. And then you're going to go in further like, this is a really nice place. And then you're going to find like their hall of nice chairs and tables and you're going to go and you're going to find their beautiful gallery of all these paintings. Like, these are really nice. <laughs> exactly. like, I'm, even in dragon form, still wearing a cravat. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I just threw it on. I just threw it on. I, I didn't even know I had company. It's just something that I just wear. I this is my comfortable wear. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even put on regular pants. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I think that's my favorite piece because I think as an adventurer, it's a good change of pace for dungeons because mm. I find that our dungeons are always dark and dreary or... This guy's full of comedy. Yeah, like, right? full of comedy. You can really lean into that, like, again, that cleaning aspect or, like, yeah. I really like my house to be clean and organized. Whereas, like, if you walked into a room and he saw a pile of things, you'd probably, like, brush them under the table calmly as he's continuing yeah. to talk to you, right? <laughs> like, just... <laughs> I love it. So, like the claw is picking up a corner of a carpet and the wing is brushing yeah. some dirt under the carpet while he's trying to maintain eye contact. Even after yeah. you leave, you can imagine the dragon be like, oh, they hated me, didn't they? They hated me. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this that I'm wearing? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody for food. Very, it's actually very self-conscious. Oh, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also like the aspect of like if you went into the weapons room, it would be full of all sentient weapons. And yeah. then, like, your party would start talking to them, like, help us. Get, get, get us, us out, out of please. here. Please. You can, I will be with you forever if you just get me out of this room, right? And then the dragon comes like, hey, buddy. Yeah, literally the only thing I could do is talk, and this thing talks more than me. Help me, please. Oh, my God. I love it. What about you, Dan? Um, I honestly, it, it's a little mentioned in the layer actions. I, for one, I love the burrow speed of them. Just mechanically, mm. I love. I love the fact that this massive, like, I, I just envision, like, this limestone cavern that they live in, and they've, they've spent the time to work it all out, mm -hmm. right? But they still have ways to just disappear into the sands and get out, right? Yeah. They'll put you to sleep, and then they hit the ground, and they're gone, and you'll, you're never finding them. You're never following them. They're done. Like, yeah. I, I love that of them. But probably my favorite little thing about them is in their layer actions, it does say that... Um, uh, for their first of their layer actions, this is the strong wind that blows around. Mm -hmm. uh, it says gases and vapors are dispersed. That makes sense. And unprotected flames are extinguished. Protected flames, such as lanterns, have a 50% chance of being extinguished. This implies that the dragon has lanterns hanging in their lair. Mm. And that the dragon... Oh, they're chandeliers. Yeah, the yeah. dragon <laughs> has chandeliers and... They're very, very careful to make sure those lights don't go out because they have guests coming. Do you think there's sand in the lair? Because they're desert dwellers, but they're also oh. very meticulous. Oh, no. It's probably like, it's like dusted. Like yeah. every day, he's, his morning routine oh, is like, dusted. Oh, there's like a mud room. Like, <laughs> <off to the laughs> <side. laughs> well, you enter in through a cave and then there's like, there's that nice little sign, you know, please remove your boots. It's, and the I second love it. you cross the over, dwarf. it's like perfectly polished limestone floors. That's just the oh. only time I've had to remove my boots. <laughs> like, like Holes in his socks. <laughs> One big toe sticking out Such, as he's walking in. Such humiliating. <laughs> And the dragon has like a pile of like socks that aren't don't have pairs, yeah. just from like other people that have visited the lair and been like, "I have clean ones if you'd like." Yeah. <laughs> what are you a size a size six? Here okay, you here you go. Just, just, just uh, <laughs> their boot, and also when you get back, their boots will have been washed and pressed by some minion of this dragon. I love it. Or even a minion that'll be like you're required to wear a jacket when you go in, <laughs> but you can rent one if you. Like. <laughs> This There's is the only dragon jacket. layer that's got a coat check. Yeah, I yeah, love with it. like dry cleaning at the same time. Oh, oh. I just love oh. the idea of your party coming in and there's like this wave of just prestidigitation and everyone's armor just gets instantly polished as they walk into the. Yeah, presence. that's the yeah. that's what when you're like checking for traps and you find like the mechanism or something like that's all it is just prestidigitation. Yeah, all it does is clean you. Yeah, <laughs> just to make like it gives the it it doesn't cut the dwarf's hair. But it does, you know, fix the braids and maybe polish the, the beard ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Oh, Lord. I love it so much. 
Awesome. Let's roll again and talk about, we can probably combine like your favorite tier of combat uh, mixed in with maybe your go-to maneuver. Sure. Okay, cool. I got a 19. I also oh, got a 19. 17. Man, I lost to the 17. I got a 10. Okay, I got an 18. All right. Um, I, I kind of already mentioned it with the put you to sleep and run the hell away. Yeah. But I also don't think that uh, the brass dragon one, it's the one dragon that's not really going to get in a fight. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let's be honest. This guy is just going to go because clearly you need a Snickers. So he's going to put you to sleep, lay out a little bo- uh, grouping of food for your party because you're clearly grumpy. I'll be back tomorrow. And he'll yeah. leave you a little note. And then he's going to hit the ground and go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but if you actually end up fighting one of these guys, uh, which I would not recommend, it is the laser beam uh, fire breath. Yeah. Right? Just just that, okay, you have finally pissed this guy off. He's got endless patience, but you finally... It's the straw that broke the brass you dragon's put, back. You put the lid right on the jar. So, <laughs> so he is going to burn you with laser vision, right? And he is going to just Superman the hell out of you. Yeah. Like, I love everything about the laser. Because it's still back. narrow hallways it's, and stuff, it's, right? It's yeah. narrow hallways, and the way he's built his, like, little... Uh, um, his lair or, or wherever he is, I mean, he's got shape change as a legendary creature as, as, as a humanoid. So he, he's probably built his lair mostly to facilitate his size because he wants to be on the same playing field yeah. as everybody, right? Like no one wants to walk in and see a big terrifying dragon. They'd rather walk in and see, you know, my alter ego Chuck. Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to be Chuck, um, until you piss me off. Yeah. And then I will annihilate you with melted beams. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I just love that. That's me. Love True. it. I like it. It's you. Go to combat maneuver. Okay, let's imagine we are fighting. I won't jump on what Dan said and just because I do like the idea of the brass dragon trying to run away a lot. I think that yeah. would be incredibly frustrating, is for once you actually can't catch the dragon. Yeah. But the sleep breath mm-hmm. weapon, I think, should be used to split the party. Because they're constantly going to be moving, right? And trying to get away from you. Some will fall unconscious, some will save. But you're going to move down the hallways. And now they're going to follow you in a room too. A couple of rounds go by, sleep breath them again, split them again. And now you have that one person left all by themselves. And everybody else is three rooms back because you've spread them out with the sleep breath. Using your burrow speed as well, where they're going to be forced to follow you down those little tunnels and things. Um, Sleep breath, I think, will be, is often used wrong, like I said. Uh, but I think in this case, you should use it to split the party. Hmm. Get the action economy on your side, uh, playing the part of the dragon, and then, and then fuck them up one at a time. And I think they will kick themselves to death. And I think it's one of those things where they will know... You know when you know that you're being played or that something's happening, but you just keep going along with it? It's like when you get scammed like on the street, like the steam clock or whatever in Gastown. Like, yeah. It's like that. You know, you kind of know it's happening, but you just keep going with it. Keep going with it. Maybe we can just dig through. And uh, I think that's how I would get them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Split the party with sleep breath. I like it. That's cool. Um, I wanted to lean into the fact that its environment is inherently sand. Um, so yes, we talked about how they would probably keep their keep very clean and tidy and they probably sweep it up at night, but I feel like they would have sand traps in their ceiling Mm. so that if they were to suddenly get invaded in their main keep, they can basically just all of a sudden dump a ton of sand into their lair and then it becomes difficult terrain for the people wandering around in it, right? So the whole concept is they would put you to sleep so they can dunk you into a thing of sand and trap you there so they have to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Their way of slowing your people down from getting too close to it so it can run away 
is just dump sand and then piss off, right? Yeah. So I would almost be like, that's if I was to be a brass dragon, that is how I would ensure that I would not be hurt. Mm. But I was trying to think also if I wanted to fight a brass dragon, and I thought about this, and I thought this was really funny in my head. If I was to be a party that was actually going to go and fight a brass dragon, I would light its gallery on fire. <laughs> you're, a, you're a terrible person. You know what I mean? Attack like, its heart. Like, yeah, or yeah. fight it in its gallery. Because it would never use its breath weapon against its own items. That's 100%. Megan, that's that's so awesome. So smart. Right? Yes. I, I, I just see, like, the party finally getting it and just, like, lighting statues on fire or, like, uh, works of art and just, like, picking them up the wall and being, like, rip. Right? Right? And just, like, making eye contact and slowly ripping. I'm and the guy's like, no, 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 no. I'd do that as a DM. I'd break out of initiative real quick. Just, no, 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 Okay, but you got to agree not to hit the wizard in the face or something. Okay, I won't hit the wizard if you put the vase down. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> everybody, let's move. Assume the same positions. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for putting that boom, down. Boom, oh my boom. God. <laughs> but I thought that would be really neat, especially if you're thinking about its social aspects, is it wouldn't want to hurt its own items. So if you attack it. it in its main keep, it's going to attack you back. But if you lure it into its areas where... It will not attack it's you. Brilliant. I lean into that so much. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd take away like action limbs by having it like catch the bars and then now having to fly around <laughs> with the bars. <laughs> so the left hand is like trying to catch the scepter in the in the one claw. So yeah. the, the multi attack is now no longer exists. It's just a bite. That's awesome. Oh my god! It's got like it. a painting like in its jaws, just like, flying around. So good. All right. Well, I do feel like we did talk about kind of like its social aspects, like to death, the pieces that we liked. I don't know if you guys have anything else you wanted to kind of add to that. I would like to use, um, I, I totally flip brass dragons in my head and that you shouldn't be afraid to go and see them, really. Yeah. I think you can manipulate them in that you're right, Dan. They are gossips. They're going to have all of the knowledge. If you need knowledge from somewhere, you can go to the brass dragon. Or if you want to play it like the departed, if you want to give somebody the wrong knowledge, Tell it to the brass dragon and it will get to them. Yeah. Like you can, if you're like playing like strategic warfare, you can lean into the fact that this guy's an absolute chatty Cathy. Just tell him whatever you want and it will spread. It will spread. Um, so yeah, I would uh, totally manipulate a brass dragon, I think. Did Did you hear that King Dressick is just, you know, he. Shut up. He's just. My lips are sealed. I, My lips are sealed. You can't tell anybody. You just, you, you can't. And then you walk away going, yes. And you just see him flying off to the next city as fast as he possibly yeah, can. exactly. Do we want to roll for talking about more of their social capabilities? And Because I feel like we have a little bit more to say about it. Social characteristics. What did I get there? Oh, I got a two. Oh. Wow, we tied again with two. Oh, I'm going first with an eight. Oh. I now have a two. What does that mean? <laughs> no, no, you're still going first. Okay. Still going first, but I will go after you. Um... So why don't we talk about, because we talked about a little bit more of its uh, mechanical aspects, its combat. So you did talk a little bit just now about a little bit more of its social aspects. So mm. maybe we'll go deeper into maybe its its allies or even into just a basic social encounter that you would use. Sure. I would use it for... Well, before we do that, we should definitely hit a commercial. All right, everybody, let's go to a commercial break. Hey guys, Dan here with It's a Mimic. We are having another mailbag episode, uh, mailbag number seven. Um, on March 19th, and we are still looking for a couple uh, questions. We will answer anything under the sun. You, If you've heard the other ones, you know this. You know this well. So hit us at info at itsmimic.com, and we'll throw them on the sheets. Thanks, guys. 
Okay. And now talk about your thing. I would use them for psychological warfare. Okay. Kind of mean girl style. Mm. I would start telling that dragon that the other dragons are talking shit or whatever. <laughs> talking shit. I heard this blue dragon over here was like talking yeah. shit about your oh, wings. It's not as big as they said it. What's not as big? That, on, your, on your face, the king has been saying, telling everybody not to pay attention to your big weird ox, whatever. Um, and get them to then just spread absolute poison. Because they're like, they're chatty Cathy's just going out and spreading absolute poison and kind of just, it's, I don't think it needs to be all about hit points and standing and banging and slashing and stuff like that. I think you can use intrigue and manipulation things very well with brass dragons because they're going to talk and they're going to talk, they're, they're basically going to regurgitate whatever you say to them. Uh, and I think you can use them for uh, political intrigue, just true. like sabotage with their words. Yep. That's true. Okay. Um, I like the idea of leaning into some of its, um... The, th- the things that it tries to make friends with. So it likes to make friends with genies, gin, yeah. um, sphinxes, anything of the desert, right? So if you're kind of traveling into going to go see a dragon, I like the idea of almost making your presence known to its friends because its friends are going to go back and tell the dragon that you're coming. Yeah. So it's almost like you are giving the dragon time to prepare for your arrival. Yeah. So, you'd be, and so you can tell stories about yourselves yeah. and be like... You know, like, we just destroyed this, we just did this. Like, tell them, like, valiant stories of what you've already done. Yeah. So by the time you get there, like, it's already excited that you've arrived. Yeah. Because it's like, the heroes are here, right? And so you can kind of lean into that social aspect of it, utilizing its allies that are coming to it, right? Yeah. Or, like, if you run into a genie or you wouldn't randomly run into one, but maybe a sphinx or something as you're going through um, the desert, you could basically just have that conversation and chat about what, the dragon is up to and stuff and maybe get a little bit out of them because they're probably chatty Cathy's too that just want to bitch and moan about how this thing talks all the time, right? Yeah. So you could actually gather information about the dragon before you get there, which I think is kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right because the rest of the dragons, I mean, you have like the, the uh, like folk tales and stuff about what's evolved, but you probably won't know too many details about that dragon specifically. Yeah. Um, but this brass dragon, I think you could learn. Yeah. yeah, you could learn if it does have a gallery or if it has, like, does it like paintings? Or what does it like pottery? Like, what is its most prized possession? So you can kind of gather that info about it because of its chatty Cathy aspect. I'd almost say that the, the, the brass dragon is going out to town and, like, putting on a gallery of their art. Mm, yes. Right? Like... I now imagine him wearing, like, a beret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a cummerbund. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like just walking in and and being as uh trying so hard to be the suavest person in the room mm-hmm. and mostly pulling it off, but at the same time, like there's always there's that edge to him that is kind of off putting. But this is the guy who is um having dinner parties with the adventurers. Like mm-hmm. he's heard of you. I, I would flip the rumor thing and say he's heard of you because of the rumors. And and because of that. I want to know about you. Yeah. Right? This guy to me is the ultimate uh, bard trying to bring in um, more stories. Right? So my guess is if you are coming into this guy's lair, not only does he have, you know, the gallery of the works of art and and the gallery of the statues and the room of the intelligent uh, weapons that are all chained up and and screaming for help, but no one can hear it because they're behind an iron wall or a lead wall. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got an army of half-elf bards. Who sit there and they're the coat check, they're the butler, they're the they're 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 the waiter that comes and serves. But but when they come in with like the plate of food for the party that he's invited in for the dinner party, um, he goes, "Well, this this is Charles. Uh, I found him 
you know, displaced from his tribe when he was three. And he's he's been with me for, what, 36 years now, Charles? Yes, yes, it's been 36 years. He's a great man. You could trust him impeccably with any sort of, um, you know, uh, information you wish to give him or, or, you know, if, if, if you need your armor polished, we could always just give it to Charles or we have, and like, he knows the first name of everyone in his employ. Yeah. He's the boss that comes in at like an hour early every day just to make sure that, you know, he gets a chance to talk with everybody before the work day starts. And even still, he's going to talk with people throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like he, he's, he's just that guy, but he's got this little army and then he'll pull the party in and be like, okay, one, one second, let me get my bards ready. Gentlemen, are you ready for the, 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 um, story time? Like, are, are you, are you ready? You got your quills, you got your paper, you got enough. Do we need extra Charles? Can you get the more paper? Um, okay. Now, Mr. Barbarian, you said your name. Was, oh, of the tribe of the elk. Fantastic. I knew a barbarian of the tribe of the elk once. Anyways, continue. Tell us the story. Start from the beginning. Oh my god, you'd be so good at just playing a goddamn brass dragon. Right? Like, brass dragon. This You're this guy me. is just talking to the party endlessly, and you just see the barbarian, like like I just witnessed Terry's face, just go from a oh, this is interesting to a straight scowl. Um <laughs> he's monologuing again. That's yeah. <laughs> your mon your because your monologue went over a minute. <laughs> But like I, 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 I love the idea of like this this brass dragon just sitting there and just he authentically wants to know every detail about your life. Nobody's mentioned the fact of putting you to sleep with the sleep breath and then we wake up in glass cases and yeah. with the sentient items. Oh, could you imagine? Okay, no, I just imagine now. He you collects just added a- heroes. Have I ever watched heroes? No, no. He collect like it's a brass dragon that collects oh, okay, heroes. Okay. So he hears stories about you. You come to visit him, traps you with his sleep thing, puts you in a glass case, and now you are on display as one of his collectibles. And he has a room full of heroes. Maybe he likes reenactments, like Simple Jack. And maybe <laughs> he wants you to reenact. Yeah, and he shall play the part of the red dragon or something. Oh so my God. very, very prevalent in a lot of desert uh, landscapes are uh, Yuan Ti. Mm-hmm. And very snake-themed uh, monsters. He's got a friend who's a Medusa. Mm. Yeah. So, like, he's sitting down for the dinner party. And then he then he calls in, you know, his, his friend Susan. His buds. Who comes in and, uh, you know, turns you all to stone so he could keep you long-term. And then he'll just grab that one item. Because he also, like, they like grabbing items that let them communicate as well. Mm-hmm. So he'll grab that one item that gives him uh, telepathy. A helm of telepathy, as it were. He'll put that on, and then he'll just talk to you as you're stuck in stone. Oh, awful! Oh, goddamn! All right, that th- that added a dark friggin' tone to these guys. But that thing is, we've been talking about these brass dragons like they're just this hilarious, like Wooster and Jeeves type dragon. But really, there's a there could be a very sinister dark side. So. If you're thinking about making this character a big, big bad, again, we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit later. I was like, those are some of the darker things you can put in there. Like, why in your mind would you want to fight a brass dragon? They just seem so goddamn cool to talk to. Yeah. Like, it just seems, it boggles my mind. But when you start thinking about that, the, the vindictiveness and the fact that they are selfish and they are dragons and you are food and all these things. <laughs> I just thought, how dare you come to my uh, to my lair? But, you know, no, no harm, no foul. It'll be fine. In fact, I'll do you one favor. Your entire goal as a human, you're so you're so short lived. Let let me let me do this one uh, uh, favor for you. You will live forever. Turns you to stone, <laughs> puts you inside of the case. Oh, yikes! Yeah, and like it's that twisted version of good. Yeah, I like it. What else we got? 
Um, well, we can continue to talk about social encounters, or we can move on to our campaign usage. Uh, yeah, we should probably do a shout-out first. Let's do a shoot-out. Hey guys, Dan here. As you guys know, we've spent the last year shouting out all of those podcasts, content creators, and D&D groups that we as hosts of this podcast love and get our inspiration from. But as we hit year two, we decided that we had enough of telling you who we love and asked for you all to send us which content creators, podcasts, or groups that you love so that they could get some shameless plugging here. You all responded in droves, and we encourage you to keep sending us your shoutouts to info at itsamimic.com. But today we get started. We sat and rolled the dice and came up with today's shoutout, courtesy of Alexander Davis. We at the It's a Mimic podcast want to shout out the Save for Half podcast, a look at classic tabletop games and the modern games inspired by them. Save for Half is a panel discussion podcast, much like us, who review and cover those often forgotten and misremembered games of days past. Join DMs Mike, Liz, Corbett, and Jim as they inject perspective, humor, and ample wisdom, reviewing those games of yesteryear that hit the mark, as well as the games who botched their roles and ended up dead in a ditch outside Waterdeep with a weird unknown neck tattoo. You can find Save for Half on many podcast catchers, as well as www.saveforhalf.com. All right, let's talk about campaign usage on these guys. Let's roll and talk about when you would use it as a big baddie. Let's go. Ooh, that 20. Oh, man. Yeah, you're going it. first. I will, absolutely. Um, so my idea of this being a big bad evil guy would be, again, I really wanted to think about why would you ever want to fight a brass dragon or consider mm. it something to be evil. So the only thing I can really think is that it would have um, almost like a power over its environment. So let's say it lives in a desert where there's desert towns and people live in it. It's kind of like the king of the area because everybody knows that if you piss off um, this brass dragon, it will probably come capture you and then talk you to death. So they are just like the town is outwardly kind to this dragon. Mm-hmm. They want it to go away because it annoys the hell out of them. They know it's not going to hurt them, but they're just annoyed by it. Mm -hmm. So if you as a party were coming into this town, you would see like inklings and notes of these people being like, we really wish this dragon would go away. Like we don't want it to die or like anything like that. He's a really good guy, but he's really fucking annoying. Whenever he comes to town, all he does is like show off all of his amazing gallery stuff and his beautiful paintings. And it's just really fucking annoying. This guy is so pompous. Like yeah. they're just annoyed by his personality. Same jokes as well. All right. Just yeah. all the time. Right. And so, so in my mind, I'm like, it's almost like you wouldn't want to fight it, but you would, as a team would probably go and see it as a big, bad, evil guy, because you were trying to get rid of it to help this town be able to grow and evolve. Because yeah. it's almost like the dragon doesn't want this town to change in fear that it would lose the people that it would talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, everyone's afraid to leave. Everyone's afraid to change. It's almost like if you were to walk into a Disney movie, everything is the same every day. Oh, like it's very hot, Stepford Wives. Very oh, Stepford like, uh, Wives, yeah. Hot Fuzz, where they want to win the best village. For the greater good. Yeah. For the greater good, yeah. So, oh my gosh. He's like, so the dragon would be like the boss that walks through, like making sure all the flowers are in arrangement, like moving things to the side and being like, like, hey, hey, Joseph, this needs to be on this side tomorrow. Don't want to see it on the left side. It's got to be on the right yeah. side. Like, it's constantly critic critical of everything everybody's doing. But like... Yeah, but yesterday he said something slightly different. different as well. yeah, it's like, I really like it in the center. It's yeah, like, what do like, you want from me? <laughs> right? Hate to he's be the a middle... nagging Nelly, but... <laughs> he's, yeah. the, he's the middle manager that everyone hates. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, fuck. I am a middle manager, so I know exactly what that's like. Um, <laughs> exactly. 
So I just think that would be really hilarious. So it would almost be painted as a big, big bad, but you have to figure out a different way to deal with it because it's not necessarily hurting or killing anyone. It's just really harming this town from doing anything other than what it's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Right? I would... Am I going next? Yeah. yeah. Next. I, would, I think these are perfect for a one-shot. My idea for a one-shot being, um, you know, make your way to the lair or whatever if you want to just fight an ancient. Ancient brass could be good because they're layer is going to be full of these very preserved powerful sentient items and things like that and i like i like building puzzles into combat and i like the idea of the true thing about the combat is you're trying to unlock the items as you go through smashing the glass grabbing the sword grabbing the foot what does that fancy helmet do over there and using those as part of the combat because that will also increase your power as you go through so it's very scary at first but the more items you can get or like what's behind the paintings and all that the uh, the more powerful you will become in order to defeat the dragon. Um, so I think Brass Dragons could be great for a, for a one-shot. Or the other idea I have is actually using the more powerful, like the ancient or the adult Brass Dragons in very early tiers. Get them while they're while your um, players are lower level because these dragons actually, they don't want to fight. They want to get away. So if you have those players that have that, that fantasy of, you know, if kill the dragon, well, then you can flip it because this dragon's probably going to try and escape if you're like level 8, 9, 10 or something and you're kind of doing some sort of damage. So you can uh, you can scratch that itch or fulfill that fantasy of killing the dragon uh, because it's probably not going to try and kill you. It's just going to try and get away. Or I feel like it would almost um, be an information mule for you, yeah. for your beginner party. Yeah, you can right? bring it in early. But then you can make them evil in the sense that they're just like, hey, like I heard that this blue dragon is terrorizing this town, but really it's not. It just wants you to go kill this blue dragon so it's out of its territory. Yeah. Yeah, that's, these dragons, you're right, they seem to be um, like adjustable. You seem to be able to play with these a lot more. Like a black dragon, for example, it's always going to be sadistic. It likes to hurt you. It's going to be the same type of trap. Yeah. These guys, they, you can you can use them in different ways, and it still rings true to what the text is telling you, the flavor text. Yeah, still fits. So uh, for me, uh, as a big bad evil guy, I would have these guys... Uh, they are the guy who is uh, shape change that, like you said, the party meets early. Right. And and he might be in a position of power within this little desert city, but he is the guy who is manipulating the party every step of the way. And you don't know until maybe mid tier two that there's something off about this guy other than he's just rich and powerful nobility mm-hmm. in this in this little desert town. And his main thing is he wants you to squash this dragon cult. Right. And all he wants out of you is ev- evidence that you are squashing this blue dragon cult. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, this blue dragon cult is extremely powerful because just down like 10 miles down the into the desert is the blue dragon's lair and he's causing all sorts of hell. And this uh, brass dragon is not necessarily trying to take over the land, but is more trying to take over the possessions that the blue dragon has. Yeah. Because the blue dragon and the brass dragon align in how they collect things. A blue dragon is going to collect people and is going to collect uh, like... Um, like bards and 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 people who are great at what they do, yeah. right? The brass dragon wants the people, so the blue has been convenient, but ultimately is torturing these poor people, these poor souls. So you guys need to go and you know take out his cult, take him out, get him out of here, so that we could get these people back. And then as soon as he gets the people back, we're doing that. He's turning everyone to stone and preserving them him, his way. Right. Yeah, and you flip this on the head where this guy is, and I feel you have to do this with a lot of the uh, the metallic dragons. Where if you want to use them as a bad guy, you've got to ask yourself uh, what is their definition of good, right? 
He is preserving. He is. He sees himself as a conservationist. Yeah, he's a hero in his own eyes. Right, and yeah. and and he's the kind of guy who wakes up every morning and weeps that the Library of Alexandria got burned down. That's the type of guy he is, and he's going to do everything. <laughs> every in- once in a while, you just see a small tear roll down his yeah. face. It's like, what do you think about? Oh, the Library of Alexandria that burned down sixteen hundred years ago. What the hell is your problem? Feels like yesterday. <laughs> right, right. It's too but, soon. But that's what this guy is. So you have to play a little bit of otherworldly psychosis on these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like because they're eternal, because they're so um, imposing and and powerful, they have a different perspective than your average, you know, live sixty years human. Yeah. Right. So I would definitely be using that. Um, I might even have them have a bit of their own cults themselves, but it's a bunch of yuppies. Like everyone's either a foodie or 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 something, yeah. right? Like independent just, filmmaker. Yeah, ev- everyone's wearing scarves. Yeah, right. Like, it, and you're like, you're in the middle of fucking desert. What are you doing? Oh, oh, this is this year's fashion. Yeah, right. It's this year's color. Right. Yeah. And 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 of course it's brass. Every year it's brass. I feel like this, this year's be, color is brass. Yeah, this God, dragon would probably also be one that would try and paint its scales. To be like in style, yeah. yeah. Like I'm imagining that. Yeah, <laughs> it sends the party out to go get some pearlescent. Like, I want, I want some uh, ivory paint that's yeah. pearlescent. So go and get that for me. And like, you go through hell to you know get the ivory to make the paint. And you come in and he goes, "Oh, wonderful! Thank you, thank you so much." Picks it out and just starts painting his nails with it. This or, dragon. Oh, that is so much better. Yeah. This dragon wears the glasses, but it doesn't need the glasses. Yeah. There's no oh, there's no lens. Yeah. There's no yeah. lens. Yeah. It's like one monocle though, because you can't really have glasses on. <laughs> just on the tip of the nose. No, I meant when he was <laughs> shape changed, Megan. Okay. No, he's a freaking dragon. <laughs> this this is the dragon that smokes a pipe. Oh yeah, yeah the longest 100%. of pipes. Right? Yeah. And like in draconic form has a draconic pipe that's like 10 feet long that he just smokes. And he has a collection. Of like, yeah. And he, he uses a different one every I love day. That. And you just expect it to keep talking. If you don't, he's just like, go on. Yeah. <laughs> and it just keeps going. <laughs> keep talking. The, yeah, the, the worry is that you're going to run out of things to say and then you have to deal with the dragon. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Each of us, why don't we just talk about uh, like a new creative idea for a dragon? Let's roll Sure. For I feel like I've rolled out all my creative ideas know, over right? the course. I have like one Natural more. 20. All right. You can go first, Brenda. Uh, my one creative idea for this guy, uh, I have, fuck, I've, I've, I've said a bunch of them, but... Um, We've gone off on a lot of tangents. Yeah. We've gone off on a lot of tangents today. Uh, I really love the shape change ability. I think it adds so much weight to them. But I would have this guy, because he is so, uh, he wants to experience everything about life. He wants he wants to have all of these stories. He's going to do everything in his power to uh, become or, or to place himself in the situation where he can learn this information. Mm-hmm. So this is your brass dragon that isn't changing himself into a human or a humanoid figure. He's a horse at the stall next to the tavern. <laughs> Listening in. Listening yeah. in. Right? And like time. that oddly intelligent, slightly shimmering in the sunlight horse. Mm. Or or he's that camel you pass by on your journey who's just like That's now in town. It's now in town. Now in town again. And it's just like keeps on or 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 that hawk that follows you and just keeps on you see him on every roof as you go. And it seems like he's following you. It might not be the same hawk, but you're not sure because of course the ranger's gone missing somehow. Yeah. yeah. Right? And like, I, I just, he is 
using his shape change just to garner information. And when you finally figure out that it's a brass dragon, he changes into something else, goes, oh, my bad. Sorry, I'll leave you guys alone now. Runs away until he knows he's out of sight, changes into something else and keeps following your party. Adorable. Right? (laughs) He's just obsessed with your party's story. (laughs) <laughs> but appears in different forms every time. I right? enjoy that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And eventually, like, at one point, someone has, like, a perception check of, like, there's this weird animal in the corner. You'd be like, that dragon is back! And for, <laughs> and and like, for the <laughs> longest time, like, he if, if he appears in his humanoid form, he comes in as, like, a halfling druid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it takes your party so long to figure out that he is actually a incredibly powerful because only ancient dragons get the ability to shape change. Yeah. He's an incredibly powerful ancient dragon who just found you guys fascinating. Yeah. Right? He's going to learn a lot from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it. Megan, what you got? Um, I want to lean into the fact that they do mate for life and they do find partners. Uh, so, but oh, I, yeah. You're probably not going to find one alone. Right? right? So this is what I'm thinking is that this is a dragon that is trying to find its mate, but it's really, really bad <laughs> at the dating game scene. This dragon hates being the only gay dragon in the kingdom. Right. It's just like, so this dragon, like in an ancient form would be able to like shape change into a human, but it spends its life traveling, looking for another brass dragon. <sighs> so it runs into your family and you just have this awkward guy who's practicing hitting on your female characters or even hitting on your male characters just to get practice in. So, so I came up with this line. Let me know if this lands. Would this work for you? Would this work for you? Like not, not, not for you, you but for like just someone like practice. you, yeah. Just, like, just, just let me let, just let me do it, and then just tell me how it goes. <laughs> I took this webinar once, and it told me to no. Yeah. yeah, and then it just ends up traveling with you because it's like, well, you guys might actually just come in like contact with this more than I would, so I'm going to come traveling with you. So it would be yeah. a, like a brass dragon just following you around because it thinks that it's going to meet its mate by following you around, but. It's just constantly talking about its dating game that it doesn't have. Just ruins every pinnacle moment because it points out obvious things. Like if two, an NPC and a PC are attracted to each other. <gasps> no. There's something here. Yeah, there's something I here. I hear wedding bells. <laughs> You're talking to a nobleman. He's like, sorry to interrupt, but you just got a little, you got a little yeah. thing it's just here. Like- <laughs> yeah, like, like licks his thumb. Yeah. Leaning into the, to the mating. Because does that get mentioned in any other dragon? I can't think. Definitely not the chromatic ones. They're, a lot of them say they, they a, a lot of them say that they will mate for the purpose of mating and, and procreation and then go their separate ways. Otherwise, they will kill each other. Yes. Yeah. They usually don't like to stay in the same nest. I like the idea of two adult brass dragons that don't understand like PDA. There's just like too much, <laughs> too much like stroking and stuff and like necks going around each other. <laughs> you walk into the lair and their necks are just intertwined with each other. So you're just like, exactly. interesting. Walking into they, they share story. like a glass of wine like with the arms linked. Oh, <laughs> like with every drink though. Like every sip they do that. Flying yeah. with their hands holding. One of the dragons is like, oh, fetch me that book and it like holds it out for the other one to read it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Next page. Yes, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one's doing like a nude painting of the other one. Yes. <laughs> you come in. Paint me Don't like move. one of your French girls. <laughs> yeah, we're just just this sentient ruby or something. <laughs> love it. I love it. Who's that? I, not, I I love the idea. You mentioned this earlier. Like two gay brass dragons that are just like the talk of the town. Yeah. Like they are all tea no shade. Just Yeah. <laughs> right. All tea no shade. But that's not in my business. <laughs> They're the ones starting the fantasy drag uh competition. Right? Oh like, my goodness. I I love the idea of these two. Yeah. Uh, I would love that. Okay, I like the idea and I, I think I like your idea best, Megan, with the uh with the mating there, but I like the idea of the the 
because I don't think these dragons are ambitious in that they want to be the king. I can imagine them working for a king or a queen and being like the military advisor or something because they have all of the intel and the information. But they're just so annoying and difficult to deal with. Like they come and give their report and they'd be like, your majesty, you know, King Bruno is on the horizon. You remember King Bruno? His daughter's now a lesbian. You remember? And it's like, get to the point. What is happening? <laughs> anyway, there's 6,000 archers and they're on their way right now. And it's just exhausting to deal with, but he is essential so that you can have constant social encounters with this person, uh, with this, with this dragon that has no real ambitions other than just to, just to talk, but in a more interesting way than just being in their cave and talking. It's true. If you were to have a, like, overweight, gluttonous, slothful dragon. Would it be a brass dragon? No, these guys take care of themselves. Not yeah, oh, this is the dragon that so. you can't, you walk in and it's looking at its profile in the mirror. Like, and it's like, going, well, I'm not wearing what that. Happened? What happened? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> I look like a snowman. I'm not. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. I look like a snowman. You can leave. Yeah. Find another cave tonight. Well, I am not going out in this. I'm not going. (laughs) Like Elton John. Just like throwing absolute hissy fits. I love it. What was your point though, Dan? Well, no, I just like if if their main goal in life is to just sit and converse with friends. Hmm. Like if if they get around them they grew, like this is the this is the dragon that runs a game of dungeons and dragons yeah maybe or is it the dragon that loves being the life of the party i think it's either or like i could see this guy being an introvert yeah who loves to talk with his group of friends but his dragons on reddit terrified of everyone else so he's bringing like servants and, and worshippers around him just to bring him more information of the outside world because he doesn't want to go out there because they kill dragons out there, guys. Yeah. Oh, right? That's true. Right? And I could, I could just see him being terrified of going out, but he, he so wants the information and the conversation. Oh, my yeah. God. If I was to be a DM and built that idea of the fact that this dragon is a gluttonous, I never leave my cave, I would, like, obliterate its speed capabilities oh yeah so yeah. imagine this dragon with these tiny legs and giant belly just trying to run yeah. away like, <laughs> it's burrow speed is just like uh, it's uh, has to stop to breathe for a minute and yeah keeps going i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not as fast as i used to be <laughs> get well, stuck you, in the tunnel and you have to like can someone give me a push that's because you're, you're quite you know i'm quite what what am i quite yeah yeah no tell me did you just use the f word with me what am I'm I quite? Quite? that will end you <laughs> And then they do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. Any final thoughts on brass dragons before we close it out? I'm 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 really happy we're finally onto metallic dragons. I I I love pretty much all of the metallic dragons except for gold. Funny enough, I'm not a huge fan of gold dragons. Really. But uh, we'll get into that on a later episode. We'll I get guess. into that on a later episode. But I love the fact that we're onto the metallics, and I love the fact that we started with the brass dragon, who is just at the ultimately very refreshing very refreshing right like this guy's not going to try to skin you alive like a black dragon he's not going to try to manipulate you and put you in a little cage like the blue he's not going to you know straight up eat you and destroy you in an instant like the white dragon i like the idea of actually having a cowardly ally as well like you think like teaming up with a dragon would help you when it's going to time to face the green dragon or something they're the first ones to peace out yeah like fuck that i'm not going in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I and I love the fact that they are so powerful, but they're the one that you can expect to run away, even though they're a CR twenty at, at, as an ancient. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Feel you, champ. Closing my monster manual. Well, this is a <laughs> fancy one. Yeah, it's got a foil cover. Oh, Ooh. very yeah. fancy. I got the full foil set over there. Well, look at that. I always knew there was money this not far north of the city. 
All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week's episode on Brass Dragons. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we're talking about covering Avernus. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get to reading. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we're doing a deep dive into Avernus. Not me. I'm in England. What? I'll be in England. Who's your stand-in? So... Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Uh, what we're starting to talk about is how would you make the sleep spell more effective in real combat? Okay. Do you guys understand how the sleep spell works already? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you you add a certain amount of hit. Uh, no, I immediately regretted not bringing my notes. That's I was so confident. I came in. I was like, I don't need any fucking notes. Again, <laughs> you asked the first question. I was like, I have no and idea. I am not ready for <laughs> what today. My answer was so. So. Oh, in, I know in, what my answer was. In recap, you send you spend a certain amount of what is it? D ten. Five D eights. D eight. It reflects hit points, right? Like, yeah. But are, for every spell level above, you get first, an extra two. You get two more yeah mm. so as a ninth mm. level spell you're picking up a fuck ton oh yes like 24 is 24 d8 who knows man i can't do math what's 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 nine times well nine times two is 18 so you get 18 plus four so you get 22 d8 at level nine at level as a ninth level spell slot which i mean if how you're often your, do you get that high though if, if you're spending your ninth level spell slot on sleep there's there's when you could just wish the dragon away yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> or stop time and leave so I, I don't find this spell very useful in higher level combat i do and i'll tell you why go for it it's called the action economy megan all right you two sit down take notes okay everybody starts using sleep as a lower level spell was in like lower tiers thinking oh but I, maybe i didn't get enough hit points and now it didn't work and blah 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 the sleep spell should be used against minions when you get to those higher levels and everything's just one hit point, it's just that people using the action economy against you, all of those kobolds or the goblins or whatever that are just surrounding you, that's when you use the sleep spell. Because yeah. everything's one hit point at that point, and then all that action economy that the enemy's using against you is removed because everything's asleep, and then you go for the big bad. That's how you use the mother flipping sleep spell properly. What I like to use the sleep spell for is uh, if your party's been ambushed, mm. even if it's by one big thing. You drop that sleep spell, you now have some time to get set up while that thing's magically sleeping. Mm. And I would like to point out, only elves and like a handful of monstrosities are immune to the sleep condition. Are gnomes? Gnomes are not. Gnomes get advantage on any int, wisdom, and charisma save against mm. spells. And I believe sleep is constitution. We should really look up But do spell. gnomes have fey ancestry? Because this comes from their fey ancestry. No, gnomes don't have fey ancestry anymore. Can legendary action brush off a sleep spell? Yes. Yes, it most certainly can. So you could utilize it to actually burn legendary thought. Legendary legendary save. So so the other the other thing that is is kind of fun to do, and I've done at our table, Megan, um, way back in the day, was uh, you make us sound so old, like we've been friends forever. Yeah, it's been two years since we've been part of this. No, we haven't. Yes, that's true. It has been two (laughs) years. Um, But yeah, it's been a while, eh? Yeah. But. 
you use it and you don't tell the DM, who in this case was Adam, so uh, fuck you, Adam, <laughs> um, what level of spell slot you're using. And then he uses the legendary resistance to get rid of it. And you're like, all right, well, you just blew one of those three things you have for a first level spell. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what you have to do is you kind of got to play mind games with your DM to make them blow those legendary resistances. And then you're making their copper dragon fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Is the DM allowed to ask you what level you're using it before they decide whether or not they're going to... 100% they really should. Yeah. Um, And the... And I mean, you got to answer honestly. Yeah. But if you're casting sleep, the DM's going to be like, well, no, I'll just let that go through because you're not going to roll enough. (laughs) Is it assumed that it's at the base level unless you say I'm casting sleep at seventh level or something? Yes, I would say so. Mm. Like if you're grabbing 68 your DM will know you're casting it at first level. But if you're grabbing handfuls of D8s and you say, I need about 10 more. Mm-hmm. Who's then got D8s? Yeah. Right? Who's then got D8s? <laughs> the paladin goes, but they're mine. But they're all of my D8s. Yeah, they're my D8s. I don't know, man. Like, I love the sleep spell. I think it's horribly, criminally underused. I just don't think it's used correctly. I don't I don't think it's used tactically. Yeah, because a lot of people will use it as an attempt to take down a big bad, but yeah. it wouldn't really work. No. Use it use it to get the action economy on your side. Especially when you have um, DMs who like uh, if you're running a high power campaign, like we've we've all been a part of, and I know Adam does this when he runs, um, he runs max hit points. So if you're looking at your monster stat blocks and um, it says like hit points gives you a number and then gives you how what the math for that number is. Mm-hmm. And you notice how it's usually an average of that number. Adam will just do the math for max hit points for whatever their monsters are. Mm-hmm. And he'll do that every single time. Right? The reason is we are a freaking powerhouse of a party at this point being what? Level 19 and, and just stomping face. Man, level 19. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're good folks. But... Um, I, I, I would not change the sleep spell in the slightest. I might make it D10s instead of D8s just to give it more hit points. Um, but is that side with the player? Or are you siding that with... That would be more of a side for the player than it would be the DM? I would, yeah, no, I would side for the player. Just, yeah. to, just to make it used more. Because, it, like I said, it is criminally underused. Yeah. Uh, it's up there with, like, Grease as the most underused... Is this book brand new? I'm sorry, did you just smell that book? It smells like it's brand new. There's there, there is no sleep condition. Be like being asleep? Yeah. <clears throat> is there really not? No. Oh. That's what I was just looking up. There is no asleep condition. Are you not just counted as unconscious? I think that's what it says. I would that... just count it as unconscious, yeah. Hold on here. Yeah, asleep, it says they fall unconscious. They yeah. fall unconscious. Each okay. creature affected by the spell falls unconscious until spell ends. So an unconscious creature is incapacitated as per the condition, can't move or speak, and is and is unaware of its surroundings. Yeah. Drops whatever it's holding and falls prone, which I think is hilarious. You drop uh, a bunch of, say, fighter minions or weapon-wielding uh, militiamen. Then you go around and you just collect their weapons and then you wait for them all to wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you're fighting a bunch of guys who are doing, what, a D4 damage instead of, D- of a D10? Yeah. Right? I love that. Or the wizard's staff. Or wizard's staff or whatever it is. Uh the creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws. Yeah. Put them to sleep and then drop a fireball on mm-hmm. them. Right? Well, I was trying to think about why is it not just a save? Like, why does it have to be on hit points? Why do we think they chose that direction? Uh, why don't you drop what you're um, carrying if you're, like, knocked unconscious? Like, zero hit points knocked unconscious. You're supposed to. Hmm. 
You're supposed to. It just gets hand waved at every table because no one really ever pays attention. With when you have feats like Warcaster out there, where it doesn't matter if you're wielding a, a hammer and a shield and casting spells, yeah, people just stop paying attention to it. It's like carrying capacity. But I think they use hit points one because it's a holdover from previous system. It's always been hit points. Yeah. Um, but two, hit points represent your hardiness, and yeah. you are literally sapping the wakefulness, the hardiness out of somebody to put them to sleep for a minute. Mm. I guess so. Right? Because if you think about the um, when you're dealing with a mob, because it does say that if you're trying to put a mob to sleep or like a swarm, mm. basically you subtract each one's mm-hmm. HP from the dice roll that you did. So you might not get the whole swarm. You'd only get maybe two or three out of like four or five right. of the but, swarm that you're after. But that's fine, especially when you consider that... Um, the unconscious condition, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a little bit more into it right now, is bonkers. Any attack that hits the creature is a critical hit if the attacker is within five feet. Yeah, well, it should yeah. be. Right? Dead. You could aim, just, just, you could <laughs> aim for their eyeball yeah. or their heart. Right? Like it, it, you should be able to lob off a limb if you felt like it. Yeah. So blowing a ninth level spell slot to make, I don't know, three of the ten things around the table unconscious, fucking worth it in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and then just pounding them when they're asleep until they're dead. Is that the name of your sex tape? Phrasing? asleep. Yes. Yeah. That is the unofficial sequel to the epileptic sewing machine. Megan, I think we're moving on. Lord. <laughs> Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production. <laughs> okay, you're done. <laughs> Bye.